Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Friday. It's not that good Friday yet. That one comes next week, but it is the very last day of March. We hope you are having a good 331 Final Four on tap. We are going into another big sports weekend, getting a little closer to football season. There's a lot of stuff out there to get to. Coming up at 1230. We'll get you a breakdown of those final four games coming up in Houston on the men's side. Big games. Obviously, UConn-Miami, the big focus game. And then there's the other two teams trying to really wreck the party with FAU and San Diego State. It's Chad and Zay on this Friday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? Chad, what up, though? Happy Friday, everybody. Last day in March. Today's a good day. How you doing, man? Mm, I'm good. I'm doing very well. Weather's pretty good outside. Nice weekend coming. A lot of, lot of sports. Obviously, wish that uh, for folks around here, we know what we wish was happening in Houston, but we've spent the beginning of the week talking about that. We're not going to talk about that anymore. Yeah. Got to move on. Hey, ref, swallow your whistle. Exactly. Gotta, hey, ref, that's blocking out. Got to Over move the back. Oof, I watched that one a couple times. Very simple call. I don't. Yeah, I still don't get that one. I'll never get over this. It's not... It's not quite off my DVR yet. I was going to watch it a couple more times to make sure. Am I missing something on Yo, that this call? Right, this is right there with Michael Cabtree. Let's just flat out say it. This is around there. Yeah, that one's going to yeah. – This is that type of sting. This is that PTSD mm-hmm. that you got from that night. Yeah. for Yeah, it's you're not going to hear – I don't know if it's – you know, I don't know if you're going to hear that guy's name. What's the Miami player's name again? Uh – like that one's not coming. Chad Omir. Omir, that's not coming back over and over again. It'll be thought of as the you'll be you'll think of it in terms of Brock Cunningham because that's who the foul was called on. Yeah, that's the name that'll probably keep coming back. <sighs> or when you think of Miami basketball, or you see Larinaga or whatever, uh, and you'll have to deal with him maybe one more time. Maybe it's two more games if Jim Larinaga and his crew advance. So we will definitely talk about yeah. that today. Yeah, at, that, that's uh, some a negative, point. but we gotta talk about some positive. Yes, we'll get to some positive but, stuff today because you know. Yesterday was opening day, and shout out to Major League Baseball because they're the real heroes. Yes. And 30 teams played yesterday, 15 games, opening day, big time. But the highlight, Chad, wasn't Aaron Judge's home run or the White Sox beating the Astros. The highlight was in Houston, and it was Meg the Stallion throwing the first pitch. Lord have mercy. Oh, my goodness. Wow. wow. Just, wow. The rumbling and stumbling, the white on white, the yeah. Astros top, just the Houston Texan in her, the white jeans, 
like Dusty Baker was over there and said, oh, boy, I don't know how you expect us to win this game. I don't, we lifted down banners and stuff. I don't know. We don't got little Jose Altuve. He ain't playing, boy. True. She up there looking like sweet potato pie. Megan the distraction. Megan the distraction, baby. I need about four or five toothpicks looking at that. I paused the Sports Center intro when I saw it. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What was that? My goodness. Like, and you know, she was just. T- Tory, by the way, Tory Lanes, you need to be locked up for life. For life. That little incident that they got into where he accidentally, I don't know if he accidentally, but he shot her, shot mm. the ground, and it hit her. Remember, they were in child or whatever? Yeah, she got hit in the foot. So, right. Tory Lanes, you deserve life. Ooh. We haven't seen Meg the Stallion in a little bit, and it's because of you, you deserve life. Because that, is... that woman. Lord have mercy. It's impressive. It is impressive. Like, how, Every, the, how are the Astros supposed to focus? Yeah, that's a tough one. It's normally tough to focus on banner night or ring night or both, however you're going to construct it. But when you have Megan the Stallion show up and she's wearing what she was wearing and every stitch of that clothing was hanging on for dear life in the best way possible, yeah. it's like, oh, man. And then the cameraman, how they did the twirl, because she knew what she was doing. Like, man, you've seen this before. You're not, you, you're not dumb now. You know where the plate is. She's talking about where I throw it. Where I throw with that smile of her? Where do I throw it? Then the camera's looking up. Boy, oh boy. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I have not actually watched the pitch itself. I just saw Oh, yeah, her. I didn't see I'm no not, pitch. I'm not watching Yeah, I didn't it. see no pitch. She could have threw a Randy Johnson 100-mile-an-hour slider, and I wouldn't have thought none of that. That don't matter. I'm now watching. All. This is my job, Zay. Yeah. I'm watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fo- it's work. I'm, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. This ain't nothing. This is work. This is a baseball game. If she mm. wasn't at a baseball okay. event, I don't know if I would have saw it. Mercy. So I don't try to lock me up, y'all. People on Specs text line calling me a dog. Or don't nah. I will say she was looking serious. As a Rangers fan, I don't know if I've ever appreciated the Astros uniform <laughs> more than I do right now. Right now. I like that she was wearing number 222. Do we know the significance of that? Of the 222? I don't. Oh, my goodness. I really don't, but I didn't see much baseball yesterday. I saw all of that. She actually asked, who do I throw it to? It's fantastic. And by the way, um, the actual throw from Megan the Stallion is far from the worst we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I seen 50 Cent throw that thing, and it was one of the worst throws ever. The the all-time duo to me is 50 Cent and the mayor of Cincinnati. Those two are the absolute worst. Oh, remember the mayor. Oh, just Google that one. Mayor of Cincinnati throws out the first pitch. That may be the worst I've ever seen. 50 Cent is right there. There were a couple others. Last night, Marshawn Lynch was a part of a deal in Seattle. His was not great, um, but it wasn't too... Yeah, who knows what the wasn't too out of whack, Marshawn but... Lynch or the alcohol Hennessy Marshawn Lynch is on before he threw that pitch. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Nice work from... Oh, Mayor. Yeah, exactly. Malloway. That's the worst. Come on, Mayor. That and 50 Come on, brother. Those are terrible. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, last night, and the streak got broken last night. Astros were going for, I think it was an all-time record they were trying to set. They'd won 10 opening days in a row. And the 11 would have gotten them either tied with an all-time record or passed an all-time record. So they didn't get that. One of the few things that's gone wrong with the Astros as of late. The White Sox did get them in that first game uh, of the season. So baseball's underway, and uh, I'm trying to get used to those bigger bases. Trying, and the players are trying to get used to all those rules. We saw you know, the first pitcher to get hit with the pitch clock. Saw the first batter to get a strikeout because of the clock. Did you see that? No. You can now, get, you can now strike out without... 
facing another pitch. Yeah, so all he, that glove changing and superstition, adjusting your bat and shrugging and all that stuff. Yeah, you better exit that out, dog. Yeah, the one that the was it the Mets that had to deal with where if you have a guy on first and there's a foul, somebody the batter fouls a pitch away. If you're between first and second, you better get back to first because they they called a clock violation on the base runner. Yeah. And I didn't know that could happen. So there's a lot of stuff going on as baseball gets started. Obviously, we'll have all the Rangers games for you on 1260 and 1019 throughout the season. Uh, Let's throw in a quick football note here because, uh, Zay, the NFL is quickly becoming the NBA with its soap opera and its drama. So two biggest stories. No updates on Aaron Rodgers. I think the Packers are digging their heels in on this year's first-round pick from the Jets. Which is... Which is... Is it... Top 10? Is it 8? Okay. Or 9? That makes sense. Hang on, hang on. Where are they? No, no, no. My bad. No, it's not that high. It is 13. Okay. 13 in the first round. Apparently, they're kind of digging in there. There's been no progress. They say there's no heavy timeline, but Rodgers is still not officially a Jet. And then on the other side of the um, the quarterback discussion, Lamar Jackson, nothing has been figured out with Baltimore. There's been no real interest from other teams, but now we have yet another, I don't know, weird back and forth involving the Patriots? Yeah, it's real mild, but it's something. We heard yesterday Asante Samuel basically just shout out to Lamar Jackson via Twitter. My brother, you don't want to play for Belichick, who is arguably the greatest Head coach in NFL history, uh-huh. him and Walsh, and maybe some other guys. Oh, I think it's a good argument. He's he's probably the guy. Yeah, but you know, with that, somebody on the Patriots is going to come to Belichick's defense, and it's their leader on the defensive side, Matthew Judon, the linebacker that's really underrated. I don't think a lot of people yeah. talk about Judon enough. He's a really good player and gets a lot of love from uh, his peers in the league. But he just flat out said to Asante. Hush up, it ain't like that over here. Or hush up, it's different over here. It's different. Yeah, it's different over here. So, I I mean, everybody has their differences with these coaches. Not everybody's going to like someone. Not everybody's going to love you. So I get Belichick. He could definitely rub people the wrong way, and clearly he did with Asante Samuel. But, you know, Matthew Judon, he ain't trying to hear that. Like, he's... Obviously in a good place with Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's a defensive guy, too, so it's kind of weird for Asante Samuel and Belichick to have that relationship. But again, we know Patriots, way or the highway. It's always been like that. Tom Brady took less money. Tom Brady also is weird in his own ways, which kind of, you know, it worked when it worked in New England, and then when it went south, when Brady wanted more responsibility and this and that, and Belichick Blanets, we saw he went to Tampa and stuff. But I I see both sides. I don't have anything really bad to say about what Asante Samuel said. I don't think he should have said it. I think if you play for a certain guy and you win with a certain guy, there's a certain respect that you have to have. Yeah, Samuel's got two rings with the Patriots. Okay, that's, like, what, that's, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. There's a respect level there. Now, if he's behind the scenes saying stuff to – other NFL players, that's fine. Like, right. don't lie. Yeah, if Lamar Jackson, I mean, first off, uh, we have there's been absolutely no interest from the Patriots, but if Lamar <laughs> Jackson wanted to reach out and talk to Patriots or whoever he wanted to, that's okay. But yeah, it feel it just feels weird. It feels it feels petty, 
And we've seen some Patriot stuff get a little petty when guys leave. The remember the Malcolm Butler story when Malcolm, well, you know, the, well, he wasn't the MVP of that Super Bowl, but made that huge play in the Super Bowl. Right. Then later doesn't doesn't play in the Super Bowl. God, it would have been the Eagles Super Bowl, I guess, that because they they lost the game. He says afterwards, yeah, I didn't play, and I'm not sure why. And then Belichick kind of was dismissive about it, and then eventually he ends up, I think he went to Tennessee from there or whatever. So we've seen stories of the Patriots. It's a different way to do things. They do business differently in New England. They don't hang on to you for too long. They don't pay you way too much money. They don't fall in love with you like Jerry Jones does. That's not how it works. So I get that there's maybe a little animosity, but I think the key thing to take out of all this from the game perspective is we still – have no story of actual interest for Lamar Jackson from any team other than the Ravens. That is still a fact. So that that's the part of it that I hate for Lamar because it's clear he doesn't want to play in Baltimore. Could that be mended? I don't know because he gave the goodbye. We talked about that the other day. And now you really don't have anybody else with true interest. Well, if you bring him in, you're dealing with his family. And I think his family is a way bigger problem than people put out there. I think they just hmm. what they want and how they're going about things. I think there's stuff behind the scenes that we don't know about that might come to light sooner than later that just other teams don't want to deal with. Like hmm. maybe his entourage or the people that he brings around. But clearly he's so hands-on and it's starting to become such a distraction that you would think, okay, if I'm Lamar Jackson, how about I go get an agent? Like somebody I trust, but he doesn't trust anybody. So that that's an, that's an issue. And then there's what we've been talking about, Chad, the risk factor, him being hurt these last two seasons, him being a run-first quarterback, even though he's won an MVP and we know he's capable of throwing down the field. All right, dog. You want to go to a place and get paid all this money? Well, if we pay you, you know that we can't put these guys around you mm-hmm. that you want. You know that, right? And he's over here like, ah, I do know that. I don't care. And it's like, bro, that's not – the logic doesn't make sense what you're thinking, Lamar. You want these weapons. This is why you're so salty in Baltimore. You didn't get all the weapons that you want. They get rid of Hollywood Brown, really the, one of the only ones that you got to go play with Kyler Murray – yeah, Mark Andrews is cool and stuff, but you need more. Yet you want all this money, so they can't give you more. It just doesn't make any sense. And, yeah, I I still would think somebody is desperate enough to pick him up, but, man, this is a deep quarterback class. And next year, it's going to be really good, too, with Caleb Williams and old boy from North Carolina, uh, how him being able to come out. So a lot of these teams that – How's out now? You're thinking of uh... – to not the other kid. You're thinking of, what's his name? Is it May? Okay, Drake May? Yes. Drake May. May's the one that's still there. Okay. Hal's already in the NFL. Thank you. Yeah. Drake May. Him also. So it's right. gonna, it's thick next year, too. So if you're a team that's still needing a quarterback, okay, go this season, be mediocre, but build people around, those like build an offensive line, get edge rushers, things that you also need to have a good NFL team. And then if you don't get a quarterback this year, 2024, maybe get one then instead of worrying about this Lamar Jackson's contract. And you can bring a quarterback in on the rookie deal and maybe pull a Jalen Hurts or a Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes. 
Yeah. Uh, somebody just texted the word collusion. I'm assuming it has something to do with Lamar. You're not going to prove collusion with Lamar Jackson. I don't know what the collusion part would be. Um, by the way, someone texted us. There's a thought on Twitter that the 222 for Megan the Stallion was a nod to spirituality. 222 is considered the angel number for balance and serenity. Huh. There you go. Okay. She certainly seemed to have good balance. She's definitely an angel. Last night. Uh, somebody else texted the picture The picture that's getting around with David Hensley of the Astros uh, hugging Megan the Stallion and... What is he supposed to do? And Why is that picture going around? Because he placed his glove on the top of her caboose. That's why. He didn't hug her completely around her back. He put his glove on her tail, if you will. He put her glove. He put his glove a little lower than you might. But it's the glove, though. I understand that. But if he was, if that was the, if he was, if he was hugging a a man or an average-looking woman that he didn't find sexy, he probably wouldn't have done that. But you, again, that thing, that thing is thanging, Chad. Okay. So that thing sticks out. It's a little tough. Like he's really gotta. Oh come on. He's gotta. You know, he's gotta yeah. really adjust. He how tall? He about six six two. He ain't a small dude. I think you got. I'm just telling you. But that's what it's gonna look like. That's what it's gonna look like. Ah, you, you good, David? You good? Somebody else texted Asante Samuel is still bitter that the Patriots fans uh, blame him for some terrible losses. Look at the drop against the Giants. I mentioned that one the other day. That's got to be one that still bugs him. Even if you have two rings, they always say the ones that they think about most is what they don't have, not the ones they have. See, now I would respect Asante more if he gave us some detail. Like, what are you talking about? Because you're clearly scorn. So, what happened? Right. And what happened for you to feel this way, bro? And how would it? Tra- yeah. And how are you translating that to a quarterback? Now, are you describing? Are you describing something for Lamar Jackson that you've heard through other quarterbacks? Are you describing something that happened with Brady? Are you describing something that happened with Cam Newton or? I don't know who else, Jared Stidham or yeah. Garoppolo or Castle or whoever it is that was there. Well, you, you're right. They, there's no real story there. And now we just got guys kind of, you know, uh, you know, p- you know kind of piping up back and forth a little bit. And Judon's comments is that's cool to back up his coach. And now my great prediction here is you will see absolutely nothing happen from the Patriots. They're no. Just, they're not going to move on this thing. No. Fasate Samuel said, you know what? Belichick came after the game, after the Giants game, and said, you lost this for us, son. We blame you. Straight up. Coach says that to a player right after the Super Bowl. Let us know. Right. And that'd be different, but you know that's not what he said. That ain't what he said. Because if you're going to blame somebody for that game yeah. afterwards, you might also go up to Rodney Harrison and go, seriously, dude. The ball is stuck <laughs> to his helmet with one hand, and you can't rip it out. What is going on? Mm. You could talk to him about that too. Yeah, you know, there's a lot there, but yeah, that was that was Samuel's uh, moment. So there's your update: Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers both just feels like they're in neutral, spinning their tires right now, trying to figure out what's going on. I guess Rodgers is much closer to an actual deal, but uh, so, so the Packers aren't backing off of what they want. Would you, if you were the Jets, would you give him that first round pick for Aaron Rodgers? Yes, me too. Absolutely. What are we waiting on? I don't know. Why don't what Jets like? Why don't get? You're going to have Aaron Rodgers throwing to the offensive MVP. You have the defensive, uh, sorry, offensive rookie of the year. You have the defensive rookie of the year. You're growing, you're progressing, and I want that man in my green talking to my guys and having my playbook as fast as possible. The defense is good. 
That defense was really good last year and really underrated. They're one game away. If they beat Seattle, they're in the playoffs, but their quarterbacks were trash. Mike White, he gave them everything he could, but Mike White is a backup in the league. Zach Wilson, going to be a backup in the league, and if he doesn't get his head together, he's going to be a starter in the XFL. <laughs> so that they, they make the move. Now, we talk about risk with Lamar Jackson – there is some risk for Aaron Rodgers. He's crazy. Up yeah. there in the, the dome, you know, the Medulla Oblongata. It's a little, he's a little off. He's yeah. a little, but. He's a weird teammate. He's a weird ways. teammate. Yeah. And if he, if he turns on you, it could get dark. Mm-hmm. But y'all know that going in. So, like. Yeah, you got to go all you in. You got to go all in. Why not? You got all these young guys that you're going to have to pay sooner or later anyway. You go Garrett Wilson, rookie contract. Sauce Gardner, rookie contract. Plus, he's so powerful. Y'all signed Alan Lazard in like twelve minutes. For real. And now you're gonna. You, what are you gonna do? You can't back out now. And he got some serious money that was a little questionable. He actually made y'all talk about OBJ like it could happen. That <laughs> happened. He put Mercedes Lewis on a list, and you guys let it get out that it was on the list. Mercedes Lewis is thirty-eight. Like. You got to commit here. Like you telling me there ain't no good drug guys in New York that can get Aaron Rodgers the stuff he needs. It's New York City. Come on. I bet you could get some of that ayahuasca get, stuff. Yeah, you get that Those stuff. Weird, like the darkness retreat he supposedly went to was off in the mountains. I bet they got some weird stuff in like Brooklyn and you oh know, hell yeah, Bed Stuy, crazy high rise apartments, Marcy projects, crazy high rise apartments where things can get really dark. Yeah, man, they can put those uh, knockout. Make him feel up. comfortable. That's what it's all about. Make him feel comfortable. Give him free knockout curtains. Yes. <laughs> That's, what you need. That's what you need to do. Uh, all right, there's some NFL stuff for you. We're going to have fun today at 1 o'clock, 105. We're going to check in in L.A. with our man, Suplex Stew. He's a lot of other things throughout the year, but this is when he is his most happy. Stu Myrick is covering WrestleMania out in LA, and we will talk to him at 105 about that. At 205, we are hoping to visit with Jeff Ketchum of OrangeBloods.com. Uh, I have texted Ketch if he's good for the show, and he has not responded yet. Please mm. pull the curtain back slightly. <laughs> Nobody texts. Bad Jeff Ketchum. No one gets, sends, and deals with more text, I think, than Jeff Ketchum. And if you don't hear back in about 10 to 15 minutes, sometimes he doesn't see it. So we're just going to see. We're just going to test it out today. All right. He's got a couple of hours. See, what's hour, up? hour 30. He's so. got a couple. Yes. We're go, we'll, we'll hope to, uh, to hope to visit with him. Coming up in the crap bag, I'll talk a little Anthony Richardson after we threw yesterday at Florida. But up next, let's talk some Final Four, men's and women's. Women are tonight. Men are tomorrow. We'll get Zay to break it down for you. Does he think anybody can beat UConn? We'll find out on the horn. Chad and Zay. Sounds like something serious about to happen in the country. Yeah, told you. Uh, Chad and Zay getting started on a Friday. Zay, this sounds uh, sounds a little cokish to me. Very cokish. I've got a coke a cokish feeling when I hear this song. In fact, 
I think this might be the one artist you'll play today that I can get for sure. Okay. Because I think this is Whiskey Myers. There we go. Okay. Okay. There we go. Be impressed with that. Don't listen to any of my other guesses today. I thought I could get that one. Coke Fest 2023. Oh, it's on sale right now. The lineup is out. It was announced earlier this morning. You might have heard Eric Rains on with Bucky and Aaron. They cranked it up this, uh, today in the 8 o'clock hour over on Coke FM. Go to CokeFest.com for all the details. Friday is headlined by Whiskey Myers. And Saturday, it's John. Is it Y'all let me know. Is it Party? P-A-R-D-I? Do I say that just like I'm going to a party? John Party? Or do I say John Pardy? Mm. Let me know. We know I'm not great at saying artist names sometimes. I got ripped on for saying Flavor, Flav, years ago. Oh, wow. Got to correct that. Yeah. I don't think I ever said 50 Cent. I don't think I ever did that. I think I was a 50 Cent. You're I knew. Fitty. I, I understood the fitty needed to be a fitty. <laughs> you corrected me earlier. We had to make sure I was saying shoddy instead of shorty. Yeah, shoddy. Yeah. You can't have that. Hey, shorty. No, get out, man. You Come on. Stop. Uh, so, you know, help me out if I've got the pronunciation wrong there. But visit CokeFest.com for all the details. That comes up August 4th and 5th out there in Hutto at Adam Orgain Park. So congrats to the folks over there at Coke FM putting together that great show that they do each and every year. Whiskey Myers gets us started today. Uh, lots of football, obviously. Uh, it never dies around here. We were just talking about the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. Somebody texted us, Baltimore had five years to build around Lamar and his rookie deal. And we have other people weighing in on Rodgers or Jackson. Would you give up the first round pick for Aaron Rodgers? Uh, you know, like we talked about. And then what about Lamar Jackson? We got fans kind of on both sides of those discussions weighing in. Let us know what you think. Uh, 337-3776 on the Specs text line. We've also got Final Four action coming up tonight and tomorrow. It kind of rolls out like a tennis tournament. Ladies go first with the semis, then the men do the same thing, then the women's final, then the men's final. I like that they've laid it out this way, Zay, where you've got the women's final on Sunday and the men's championship game on Monday. Because I think we all just have this feeling of letdown of when you're done with Monday night and one shining moment has happened, college basketball's done. Right. So I think it was smart of the women to realize that and not try to do something the next day. So back it up and and get it on Sunday so you're still in the energy of the Final Four. Yeah, I agree. And tonight in Dallas, it's going to be popping. I think it's a really good Final Four. I think they got a... Wow, the really good personalities on that women's side, mm-hmm. and a lot of good, really, a lot of really good teams, really good coaches, and it should be exciting. So it's uh, first up is LSU Virginia Tech. Kim Mulkey's just being Kim Mulkey. Did you see her singing at the press conference? I mean, she yeah, the, a cowboy hat, wearing a cowboy hat, <laughs> singing. So country. She's crazy, man. Uh, but her teams are always great, and uh, this one is really, really good. In fact, I'm assuming Vegas would have them as the favorite right now. But Virginia Tech is a one seed. Six o'clock there. Iowa, South Carolina. That's the matchup in terms of players. Caitlin Clark, the in a good style clash too. Caitlin Clark is an outside threat. She shoots 47% overall. She shoots 39 from three. She averages 27 and nine. She'll fill it up from outside. And Aaliyah Boston is a double-double, get out of my way on the block kind of player. 6'5 post, uh, a forward, and she shoots 57% 
overall. Yeah, and she was announced Defensive Player of the Year, too. So yeah. she's great on that end. Zaya Cookie could really go. And Don Staley, they love her. I think she's the best coach in the nation in that sport. And the how hard they play for her and how athletic and talented they are, you could see why they don't lose. And tonight, going up against Caitlin Clark, which – Man, she has a lot of Tarazi in her. She has a lot of Cheryl Swoops. Like any great basketball player, she has that. She could shoot it from almost half court. She drops dimes, triple-double threat, could drop 40. So all eyes are going to be on her. You'll probably see a lot of double teams. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, that's going to be a big one. As far as the LSU-Virginia Tech game, you got to stop Angel Reese. Angel Reese, the Maryland transfer, they call her Bayou Barbie. She could go. Oh, I like that. Yeah, she could go. She's around 6'4", 6'5", blocks a ton of shots, has good footwork, and when she has a bad game, they don't play well. So Kim Mulkey, LSU, they're petty because I think they have billboards like on the way to Dallas, like around right in between Waco and Dallas, uh-huh. which is real petty because we know Kim Mulkey was the former Baylor coach. Oh, yeah. And, it, it seems like they didn't let her completely be her because she was still crazy. She was still wearing the glitter and stuff. I but was going to say, the, the Kim Mokey spring line was still in full effect in Waco. Yo, but here she's on some others. Like, she's back home. <sighs> she's going full Mardi Gras She's going now. full Louisiana. That, that one outfit from this tournament, she never, she never went that far at Waco. Yeah. You're right about that. She never went that far. I mean, she's, she's wearing like a parade outfit jacket. I was like, whoa. You go, Kim. <laughs> you like that? I don't know if I'd like it. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if I'd want that out of my coach. But if they if they're gonna play like this, she could wear a big bird costume for all I care. Yeah. If she's gonna and that, and that and that is her being Kim. That's the way she's always been. Loud, brash. It's the way she played. It's yeah. the way she coaches. She's just gonna tell you exactly what she thinks. Oh, she was tough all the time. She was tough. She was like the only white girl on that La Tech team back when they won it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> running point. And Tough. and to this day, she still has the best comment that came out of A and M going to the SEC about do not do you, what you're going to divorce me and then tell me when we're going to have sex. We're not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like whoa, okay, Kim. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Uh, so that is coming up tonight. And also, if you want to text us three three seven three seven seven six. These games are on ESPN. I think the women's finals on ABC. Are you interested? In this women's Final Four, has it grabbed your attention? No Tennessee, no UConn, no Geno. Texas is obviously out of it if you're a Longhorn fan, but is it interesting enough to you? Uh, Zay, I double-check numbers. Iowa as a team shoots 51% from the floor. That's better than all four of the men's Final Four teams. So your argument can't be they don't put the ball in the basket. They do put the ball in the basket. Is it an entertaining version of it for people? I I wonder. Teams are built a little differently in the women's side. They get to live longer with the women, right? You get, you're guaranteed pretty much that you're going to be there three years on the women's side. Right. I knew I've known Caitlin Clark for a couple of years. I've been following Boston at South Carolina. Texas fans get to follow a Rory Harmon for a for a few years, and the team develops. So, are you into that, or as sports fans, if you're a basketball fan? Are you still taking shots at women's basketball? Is it still somewhat of a joke to you in 2023? Let us know what you think because I think I'm going to peek in on these final four games tonight. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. The women's game has gotten so much better than even the Cheryl Miller days. And 
Like, when you see somebody like Caitlin Clark, who kind of has a Steph Curry-type game mixed with a little bit of everything else, you see the evolution of the women's game and how good these ladies have became. So, yeah, I'm with it. I think it's going to be very entertaining tonight and the final on Sunday. So you start it tonight. You get those two semis. Then tomorrow, it's 5 o'clock for the first one, FAU and San Diego State, and then about 8 o'clock for Miami and UConn. Let's just start with the names, the, the bigger names here, Zay. Do you think anybody's beating UConn? Let's start with Miami. Do you think Miami's beating UConn? I don't, but I think Miami has the best chance. Okay. You know, I, I think they're the way that UConn is playing right now, the confidence that Dan Hurley has given his Huskies and just the style that they play. I've been preaching all year long about Texas and how dangerous they were when Dylan Sue was healthy because they could play so many different styles. They could go big, they could go small, and that's what UConn is dealing with right now. It always starts with Adama Sanogo. He's their best player, the big man, 6'10", 17 points, 8 rebounds, and he's been unstoppable but when they take him out the game and they're able to put in another seven footer donovan clingan or clinigan i mean he's about seven two great shot blocker lob threat so there's no drop off if sonogo gets into foul trouble which he has this year he's fouled mm-hmm. out twice this season has over 100 fouls so look for jim laranega in miami to play a little downhill kind of like they did to, uh, when texas because you want to stop that three-point shot nigel pack he can shoot it poplar isaiah Wong, all those guys could get hot quickly texas did a good job at stopping that texas did a bad job of stopping the dribble drive and UConn, they got to do a really good job of staying in front because Sonogo, he'll go and try to block everything. So if they get those Miami calls that they got in the second half of the UT game, that favors Miami, but that's going to be a lot harder to do because I think in the Final Four, you're going to let these guys play. You should let right. these guys play. Yeah, I would assume UConn's not going to allow the kind of penetration Texas was. That's That was sort of a, a concerning part of that game as I'm watching it play out where just – like man, if Texas if Texas couldn't stop those shots, uh, they were going to keep going in. And if the Longhorns were going to miss those threes, and they did eventually, that was going to be bad. So uh, UConn definitely, I'm assuming, will do a better job of stopping that penetration, not letting Miami get going because Texas just let them live in that little mid range, and then they just couldn't miss for a while. Wong with those turnaround jumpers. Oh, he had on, he, w- he the, went on the baseline against Christian oh, Bishop. That was ridiculous. That was one of the biggest shots of that ball game. It really was. Yeah. And Jordan Miller, you know, he's a mismatch nightmare. We saw it firsthand. Seven for seven from the field. Thirteen from 13 from the free throw line that him being 6-7 I don't think UConn has a matchup for that they got Alex Caroban and he's 6-8 and he's a solid player but if Miami wants to win tonight. They're going to need a big game from Jordan Miller. I like um, Newton, Tristan Newton from UConn. He can really shoot it at 6'5", an El Paso kid, actually. I don't know how he got up to Connecticut, but whatever. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna give you playing time, and if Coach Hurley's like, hey, man, we need you to win a national championship, I, I'll buy a ticket, too, to go out to that part of Connecticut. Hey, they got airports in El Paso. You're right. You're right. It's, a big, it's way out there, yeah. but it is a pretty big place. I know homeboy cold as hell, though. <laughs> I know that. And, 
That's a little different, yeah. And you know, one of my favorite players in the nation, Andre Jackson Jr. out of UConn, number 44. He's a Swiss Army knife. Reminds me a lot of Timmy Allen, but he has a different athleticism that Timmy Allen doesn't. And it gives UConn, when they put the ball in his hands and put all the shooters around, like Jordan Hawkins, who might have the Swedish uh, jumper in college basketball, then they're tough to guard because you got 6'6", Jackson making plays. You got shooters all around and Newton and Carroll Ben and Hawkins. And then you could throw it down low to Sonogo and you got to play him one-on-one, which it's going to be a mismatch with him and Omir. Omir is only about 6'7", so he's really going to have to be good on defensive end. And Miami, they're going to have to help them a lot. But are you going to give up those shots to Hawkins and Newton? I don't know if you want to do that. So Miami, they're at a disadvantage, and that's why I'm taking UConn to win the, win the game. But we saw against Houston, Nigel Pack, if he hit seven threes, what happens then? And which team's going to be affected by playing an NRG Sam for both games? Which team's going to be affected by going from the big arenas that you were playing in to a damn football arena that yep. holds 70,000. Yeah. That's shooting in that arena is going to be completely different. And with the magnitude of the games, sometimes, you know, if a team that doesn't like to go inside, they could really struggle. Yeah, no, that's a good thing. That's a good point to bring up. Uh, I think, yeah, the, the the building the women are in feels much more of a, like what they need, but the men are never going backwards. They're never going to go back to it. They're going to sell as many tickets as they can. They don't care about basketball at that point. They care about ticket sales, unfortunately. I don't think you should be playing the Final Four in front of 70,000 people. Yeah, it's too many. It's just too many. I think they need to do it in buildings like where the women are. Women are at AAC. It's going to feel like a basketball uh, venue instead of feeling like a big football venue. But I get it. That's what they're going to do. But it's a great point, and we've seen teams try to deal with that uh, a lot of times. So Miami-UConn is the second game. We'll continue to talk about it, get Zay's thoughts on FAU and and San Diego State uh, coming up as well. We've also got the crap bag. Anthony Richardson throws yesterday in Gainesville, and oh, good Lord, I have some advice for Anthony Richardson because if they're not going to help him out, he needs to help himself. That's next on The Horn. Chad and Zay. Okay, just to check, this band is not playing Coke Fest, correct? No, they're not. Okay, all right. So it's not all Coke Fest. No, we're not going all Coke Fest. Okay, all right. Because I was, I was looking at <laughs> the list, like, wait, what? Hold on. Um, okay, so this is, oh, this is uh, Shattered Dreams, right? There we go. Giving me, giving me, nothing but Shattered Dreams. Oh God, is it a weird band name? Yes. Okay, is Shattered Dreams like, is it something like Ready for the World? No. No, who is it? Johnny Hates Jazz. Johnny Hates Jazz. <laughs> I had three words. You heard it. I had the three words. I just didn't have the right ones. I never, yeah, Johnny Hates Jazz. Yeah, I was never going to get that. But one of these days, I'm going to get the Ready for the World thing. I still can't remember which song it is Ready for the World did. Whiskey Myers and Johnny Hates Jazz getting us started. Those two do need to be on a a bill together. Coke Fest has been announced. Whiskey Myers is going to highlight Friday, August 4th, Saturday, August 5th. It's John Party. I'm going with Party unless somebody tells me it's Pardee. It's not like Jack Pardee, is it? It's P-A-R-D-I. 
I'm assuming he's the party guy, so he's John Party. That's what you need to do, I'm assuming. I saw Party. It's a big-time show. Or somebody on Spac's text line, they said party. They said party, like we're going to a party. Good. John Party is going to be headlining that party on Saturday at Coke Fest. So it's on sale right now. Go to CokeFest.com for more details. Chad and Zay with you on a Friday. We're going to have some fun coming up at 105. We're going to check in with our man, Stu. Suplex Stu is never more suplex Stu than this weekend. He's in L.A. covering... WrestleMania again. This might be like eight or nine or ten WrestleManias for him. He's been going to WrestleMania for a few years now. Uh, We'll get his thoughts on some of the big matches. Most important question since we're in Austin, the home of the son of a plumber, Dusty Rhodes. The son of the son of a plumber going to get his belt. Is Cody Rhodes going to beat Roman Reigns? So I want to know how... Stu, how Suplex Stu would book that match if he could do it. Would he put the belt on Cody, and how would he do it? I'm fascinated by what they're going to do with that match. Because if we come out of this thing and Roman Reigns still has that belt, then I'm not sure what we've been doing. I'm not sure what the buildup is for. Is that Saturday or Sunday? Those two will probably end it on Sunday. Okay. I'm guessing that's the very last match on Sunday. When did they start going two nights? COVID. The COVID year when they did a lot of scripted stuff, including The Undertaker's last match, that was the first dual year, I believe. Okay. When they just realized, oh, wait a minute. Why don't we just go two days? We'll just do two of them. And you got to pay for one or the other or both? I believe if you have – like, it's all on Peacock. So no, I mean if you bought tickets, oh the no, no tickets. Thing, like, um, that's a good question. We can ask Stu that one. I'm okay. assuming it's separate tickets. Like you got to buy a Saturday ticket and or a Sunday ticket. I don't know if you get a package deal. I don't know if you get one that counts for both. I don't think that's the way it works. It's Vince McMahon and WWE. I'm assuming they make you pay for both. I thought Vince ain't running it no more. Well, you know. He's still somewhere. There are McMahons around. Stephanie and Hunter married in, so uh, I'm sure they're still getting their money off of that. We'll talk some WrestleMania coming up at 105. Right now, uh, let's talk a little crap bag here. I'll talk some football. Chad's Crap Bag. Crap Bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations. 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. So it's going to kind of sound like when I talked about Cam Newton throwing a little while ago at Auburn. But I watched I watched the stories come out about Anthony Richardson throwing at Florida. And I'll be honest, I probably should have gone to see if NFL Network was going to run it because they probably did. And somewhere it's there. But I go online to look for the video. Hey, I want to see him throwing, and let me see if I can find it. So I go look. It was fairly easy to find. It was either Stroud or Young. And even finding Cam Newton's was pretty easy. I looked up Anthony Richardson's name, and all I saw was Anthony Richardson flips after the workout. Anthony Richardson with a flip. Anthony Richardson hit the roof. I'm like, wait, what? So... After he completes the last pass, he literally runs and does like a round-off backhand spring in the middle of the, the field. So athletic. and every, Because he's so athletic, everybody puts that in the headline. And then he reared back and he threw a pass that hit the roof of the structure. Yeah, They asked him about it and he said, well, Will Levis did it and I thought I would one-up him. Oh, good God. Okay, so to the media covering this and to Anthony Richardson – Somebody really needs to focus on the issue here. And if you're not going to, you're not going to help Anthony Richardson out. You need to have the numbers of this workout out. This guy completed, what's the number? He completed 50, what percent was it in college? 52? 54 at Florida. 
And there's one little quote in a story, way down the story. We really want to prove that he can throw as good as anybody from 5, 10, 15 yards. Then stop talking about flips. Don't do a flip. Don't throw and hit the roof on purpose. Where does that relate? And they also told me. Right? Just like we're going back to what's his name at LSU. He can throw it. Jamarcus. Jamarcus, he can throw it 70 yards. Oh, did you see? On his knees. Yeah. Did you see that? And did you see that yesterday? They said, Anthony Richardson, he overthrew a pass on a receiver that was 70 <laughs> yards down the field. Why is that good news? That's not good news. You need to structure this to prove that he can be an NFL quarterback. Now, look, he's already getting top 10 kind of attention. Top 10 kind of love. Pete Carroll was there. Seattle's picking top 10. Colts were there. We know they're in the top 10. He's getting the look, but he's got to figure out a way to differentiate himself. If it's going to be Stroud and Young, then it's about Levis and him. These two guys really want us to focus on them hitting the roof of the structure? Yes. Fellas, I need you to hit a swing pass every time. I need you to hit that 10 to 12-yard out. Every time. I need you to nail that slant and put the ball where the receiver can catch and keep going and doesn't have to turn his body back and put himself in danger or the play doesn't go as far. Prove to them you can be a big-time NFL quarterback. Flips and hitting the roof ain't got nothing to do with being a big-time NFL quarterback. Anthony, you are feeding the beast. You're doing what Cam Newton did. Cam Newton leaned in on the stuff they already knew. They already know you're a freak. The fact that he didn't measure is perfect. He should have not. That, that's perfect. He's a freak at the combine, and he did all that stuff. Dude, be an NFL quarterback at your, at your throwing. All anybody now wants, and the media is feeding into it. He's got to get, because they are lazy. They showed up and went, well, how did he throw? He hit the roof, Chad. <laughs> no, 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 no. How did he throw? He did a flip after a throw. Yeah, you see how athletic he looked on that flip, though? Oh, my God. Did you see that flip? He can throw it 80 yards. Okay. Did someone run a 15-yard out? Well, maybe. I was, I was getting food then. Oh, okay. That's what he's got to prove. That's, where the, that's what, to me, where this whole thing is getting lost. And I want a guy like Anthony Richardson to succeed in a big, big way. But he is so raw. The, the reps are few at Florida. And like I said, 54%, that is not close to what it needs to be. Not close in the NFL. Yeah, and he just played this season, right? Yeah, very few, right, very few games, limited stuff. Show them you can be an NFL quarterback. Why, why did you turn into a gymnastics event? And I get it. He's having fun. I love that smile on his face. And he's telling me he's going to work hard and bust his ass and all that. And I may end up sounding like an idiot for talking about all this. It just, to me, is not the right, it's not the right focus point. And when you search it online and you can't go find him just throwing the ball, all you find is... He flipped and he did this and he did that. I just think it's missing the point. But I can't wait to see where does he end up. Who takes that chance there? 6'4", big frame guy. Another reason I bring up Cam, Zay, is I think there's a, there's a comparison there. With a, with a Cam, maybe it's Ben, uh, some of those guys, the bigger frame dudes. I will always want those guys to succeed. I think they're, they are just a, a fascinating version of a quarterback to me because they're so tough and big. They're durable. A lot of the guys that come to tackle them aren't near as big as they are. So I love that stuff. Uh, but this is, yeah, that was just that's just weird to me. It's so weird to me that that's what throwing on your pro day has now become. That's what it's turned into. Is yeah. it? I mean, I, I, I mean, he's showing the things that he's good at. 
He's showing his athleticism on the flip, and he's showing his arm strength on the ball hitting the roof. And the things that he's not good at are the things that you're looking for or the things that every NFL GM should be looking for in their quarterback. But but what's, you know, the, what's we, the translation? Why, where, when am I ever going to ask him to rear back and hit a roof? Why does that translate to the NFL? It's just arm strength. I mean, That's it. Like making plays out of nothing. He's gonna throw type of thing. Throwing t- you passes off my TV screen. Is that supposed to be? <laughs> I mean, come on, guys have done that. Yeah, like Jeff Blake, who's maybe. maybe I don't know if Jeff still lives in the area or not. Jeff Blake yeah, he had kids. Emory yeah, Blake. And Emory played, yeah. and Emory was on the national championship team with Cam Newton, bringing uh. it bringing it full circle. Jeff Blake had one of my favorite uh, angled up kind of passes. He'd throw off my TV screen more than any quarterback ever, but that didn't make him the strongest arm quarterback around i'm just wondering how that part of it translates i'm not i'm not exactly sure uh but at some point i'm hoping that nfl network uh, i can find the uh, the work out there because i wanted to see it i just haven't been able to find the uh, the video if anybody knows where that is let me know all i heard about was flipping and hitting roofs and stuff best of luck to anthony richardson and levis and stroud and young all four of them are probably gone. I'd say all gone for sure by 15. Yeah. But I'm reading more and more mocks now, Zay, where we, we get to pick 10 and they're probably all gone. Yeah. Te- teams may go up to get them. Yeah. Wondering why Lamar Jackson ain't nobody checking for him. Mm hmm. Yeah. A lot of guys out there. And that's just the first round. There are. There are. Interesting stuff there as we get closer to the NFL draft. Up next, let's check in in L.A. with Suplex Stu. Stu Myrick covering WrestleMania. We'll get a little bit of that. And coming up in the Flex segment at 1.30, updates on a top five list, visits, and a guy from the local from this area that is headed to the draft with one caveat. That's coming up on the Horn.